The Bible Study Podcast, episode 528. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Judah and Israel with 2 Samuel chapter 7. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with 2 Samuel chapter 7, possibly chapter 8 today, but we're going to deal with God's promise to David. After the king was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies all around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. But that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says, Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them any more, as they did at the beginning, and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies." The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood. I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands, but my love will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Nathan reported to David all the words of this entire revelation. So David had in mind to build the temple, to build a house for God. Not that God, again, can fit in a box of any particular size, whether it be a temple or the tabernacle or the holiest of holies, but a place where God's presence would dwell and his people could go to. And we'll see that later on when the establishment of the temple, that it's a place that God's people can return when they have sinned is one of the things that we are supposed to remember about the temple. It's a place where God can deal with the sin of the people, the ongoing sacrifices that will be set up that have already been set up with the tabernacle are to take account the fact that we are not perfect people, take account that the Israelites were not perfect and kept, in fact, screwing up. And again, we're in this period where David's life, where he hasn't yet, although we're getting there, We get this chapter and one more before things start going a little sideways. So he, when everything is going well, David thinks of all that God has done for him. And that's a great 
thing to remember. Sometimes we think of God when we need God. And David was at a place where everything was going well. And because of that, he was filled with gratefulness. He was filled with gratefulness for God. And this idea of building a temple comes out of this gratefulness for what God has done for him. And I think that living in gratefulness is a great tip that we can get here from David. A lot of things can go better when we live conscious of what God has done for us, conscious of what God has done for us religiously through Jesus, consciously what God has done for us through our friends and family situations, jobs, all of that kind of stuff. And that's really what David is thinking of here. And so he says, why is it that I live in a palace and yet the ark of God still sits in a tent. And Nathan says, go ahead and do whatever you want. But then that night, Nathan basically is given a word from God that says, instead of David creating a house for God, God is creating a house for David. And I don't mean a palace. I mean the house or the the rule and lineage of David, that, that the descendants of David won't be cut off like the descendants of Saul were that he will continue to be with his people. And there are promises in that. And also he says that somebody else, somebody who will come after David, will build this house that David has in mind. Somebody else who God will raise up will build the house for my name and establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And then David responds. And what do you respond after God has said something like that? Well, you respond with prayer. And so the very next part of the chapter, David prays. And his prayer is this. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord. And he said, Who am I, sovereign Lord? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? And as if this were not enough in your sight, sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant and this decree sovereign Lord, is for a mere human. What more can David say to you? You know your servant, sovereign Lord, for the sake of your word and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made it known to your servant. How great are you, sovereign Lord? There is no one like you and there is no God but you, as we have heard with our own ears. And who is like your people Israel? the one nation on earth that God went out to redeem as a people for himself and to make a name for himself and to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out nations and their gods before your people, whom you redeemed from Egypt. You have established your people Israel as your very own forever, and you, Lord, have become their God. And now, Lord God, Keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant in this house. Do as you promised, so that your name will be great forever. Then people will say, The Lord God Almighty is God over Israel, and the house of your servant David will be established in your sight. Lord Almighty, God of Israel, you have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build a house for you. So your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. Sovereign Lord, you are God. Your covenant is trustworthy, and you have promised these good things to your servant. Now be pleased to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue forever in your sight. For you, sovereign Lord, have spoken, and with your blessing, the house of your servant will be blessed forever. Some things to point out with David's prayer. One of the things, you notice that phrase that keep coming back to here is sovereign Lord. So not just 
God who is powerful, but God who is in charge, God who is sovereign, God who is ruling, God whose word orders things and sets things up. And so when God who is sovereign promises something, David knows it will happen. And David is calling on that promise. He's saying to God, this is a great promise, and this promise will bring you glory. Keep this promise, basically. And I like the humility in David's prayer, not just for himself, that he knows, as God has just said through Nathan, where he came from, that he came as a shepherd from the field, but also that he understands where Israel came from. That Israel did not win a contest to be the best nation, and therefore God chose it. But it's the one that God went out to redeem for himself, to make a name for himself, to perform wonders, to bring glory to himself, driving out nations to bring glory for himself. That all of what God did for Israel, he did because he is God, and and it was what he did that matters, not what they did. And that's a humility that would be good for us to learn as well. There's nothing so special about us that we can't be replaced. Whether that be me and you or your family and my family or your nation and my nation, there's nothing so special about us that God can't replace. The only thing that's special is what God has done for us. And so David sought one thing and found something else. He sought to build a house and instead found that God was the one who was doing the building, that God had plans in place and God had had plans in place for some time now. He had in mind David, he had in mind Solomon, and he had in mind someone who will come in the lineage of David to bring fulfillment to all that was promised. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. We get one more week of Good King David next week. I may be taking a week off, though, as I will be in India with a group of listeners from AmateurTraveler.com, my travel podcast. So whenever we do the next episode, we'll finish up Good King David. With that, if you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.